0: hey everyone it's kristen and sam welcome to attach to the core the podcast where we talk about life and how everything can be connected to our earliest attachments we're so glad you're here let's get started to see what today's conversation can mean for all of us today we have our very first in-person guest adonis so glad oh, yeah. you're here
1: thank you we're so much for having me
0: I told Sam that I wanted to bring up awkwardly how you have a secret podcast uh, (laughs) that no one has heard before. Yeah. Uh, So tell us a little bit about that.
1: All right. Um, So (laughs) I kind of started just recording like a sports podcast. Um, I just kind of go through games. I'm kind of commentating through games. I'll give reviews over uh, certain trades, off seasons, things of that nature. And I know I haven't released it yet, but it's just kind of something that I do. Uh, so I'm getting a little practice, getting more practice with this now. So,
2: Through, yeah. Like with who though? Like who, like who, what teams are you following oh, or what teams are you comment, uh, like commentating on? Um, I'll
1: really kind of focus on like EFW Metroplex teams. Um, okay. I'll do like national news um, kind of, I haven't really dived into soccer yet, but okay. definitely like Rangers, Cowboys, um, not a big hockey fan. I'm sorry. No, I, sorry. I, I, I know. I'm sorry. I know you're a huge We've fan. we already yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just try to stick to baseball, football, things that I know, yeah. and a little bit of basketball, but um, but yeah, it's something light, nothing, nothing well, too crazy. Um, now that you kind of put it out there now, I guess I got to post-it Yeah, it yeah, now, yeah. So. that's why I did it.
0: Um, <laughs> because then Sam was like, I wonder why he hasn't posted. Yeah, like
2: what's been the, what's been the, like you going all the way through with it? Because that sounds like a lot of work, like 30 episodes, like that's a lot of work. Yeah,
1: so... really it's more time um it takes a lot of time I'm not very good at editing so I'm just kind of I'll have a rough cut of maybe me talking for an hour and there's a lot of pauses I'll talk to myself it's I don't know how to cut it up really very well so um that's kind of the big reason why I haven't but just like the practice of actually speaking into a mic um acting like I'm talking to a whole audience and now uh, I guess for the second time this is my second podcast, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, awesome. I get that
0: because I'm self-teaching myself how to do so stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm usually just like, I've just noticed a Sam and I say, um, a lot. And so I'll edit that out. Or I say, like a lot. And so I'll be like, oh. But then sometimes words overlap. I'm like, this is a lot of work. So if they and like it, they like it. I
2: mean, who does all the editing between you I guys? do the
0: audio to post on, like, okay. the podcast platforms. And I then, do video,
2: yeah. I do most, like whatever goes up on YouTube that you see on YouTube, that's pretty much me like trying to put things together. So the last interview we did, like I was so proud of it. because yeah, It like, came out well. Because I, yeah. I took uh, I took the video that we had from Zoom and then we had some video on our, on the phone. And so it was like cutting to where we were asking the questions and it's us where like you could actually see us and then going back to the Zoom audio. So there was like this back and forth for a little while. And so I was so proud of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I,
1: I, I will say, um, like I was telling Chris and I, listened to it last night, uh, yep, well, kind of yesterday and last night, and it came out very well. It seems professional. It seems very clean cut. So,
2: yeah, y'all, we're y'all are on something there. right now. We we'll get, get there. A lot of trial and error. <laughs> so many issues.
0: Uh, but it's okay. Yeah. All right. So, we, I mean, I've known you for quite some time. A very um, long time. Middle school. <laughs> th- yeah. Met through my brother, same age as my brother. Right. Um, and then you also happen to be best friends with David, my husband. Yes. So we've known each other a while, but, I mean, one of the main reasons, like, I definitely wanted to get you on here is also, obviously, like, for the cultural part, you know, and mm-hmm. then just, like, everything of, like, what we like to talk about and, like, cultural differences and, like, childhood yeah. and what that was like. And I honestly don't oh, yeah. know much about your childhood. Okay. Uh, I'm sure David knows a lot more he, than me, yeah, but I was does. like, don't spoil it. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, we kind of, like, just, just to get into it. So, like, what surface level, like, what was your childhood like?
1: Um, My childhood was like a, a lot of sports. I grew up playing literally multiple five sports throughout the year. Uh, Single-parent household, as, as you do know. Um, but yeah, just uh, a lot of traveling. Um, I have family kind of all over the uh, United States, so that was a big part of my childhood. But the, the most memorable thing, the thing that I remember the most is definitely like all the activities and sports that I got to do uh, at a very, very young age and traveling uh, that came with that.
2: Any other siblings? No, I'm a only child. Man. Only child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I got say, the only child syndrome. So yeah, yeah. I, was, I was gonna say spoiled, right? <laughs> I know. I grew up like yeah, pretty much in a single family household. I was like, man, that would have been hard for my mom to like lug around the other kids. You know what I mean? If I yeah. was constantly traveling like that, because like through sports, like mm-hmm. traveling like that, it, it it's a lot, man. Like it, it you know, really travel is travel teams. Like they it is. they expect a lot. Yeah, and I mean your husband David,
1: Mike he kind of lived a very similar lifestyle yes. as well. um But yeah, it can take a toll on the family. Um, Thankfully, like my, uh, my parents were able to, um, you know, kind of support me through that uh, financially, which is like the big part, especially with travel baseball, where, you know, you're spending three, four thousand dollars in a summer um, for tournament fees and traveling and plane tickets and all that kind of stuff. And some people have like host families or uh, sponsored families. and Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it can be a a lot. Yeah, I think
0: David's experience was mostly with like sponsoring and mm -hmm. things like that, um. Did you guys meet in that time or was y'all met at middle school as well?
1: Yeah, we met in middle school. We met in sixth grade at, uh, at McLean, um, sixth grade center. You know, shout out to the Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, so we met in middle school. And the funny thing is, is I, I remember this to the day I die. So I was like going through elementary school. I was like the fastest, most athletic kid, whatever. I go to sixth grade and, you know, you're kind of getting in and, Trying to figure out where everybody kind of lines up, and I guess David was coming from uh, from Rosemont, and he was supposed to be like me, but like over there. And so <laughs> we had a ra- we had this race like across the I guess like the recess field, and I won that race. It 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 he he won it, but anyways, <laughs> we like we ran this race, and like everybody was you know kind of corralled around us, and you know just a whole bunch of hype, and you know the crowd was just trying to see who was going to win, and then at the end of that, that was kind of like the start of our friendship, and, you know, kind of competing with each other, and against each other, and and ended up playing, like, on the same select uh, baseball team in 8th grade, and then we played against each other throughout high school, Um, and then we ended up playing college baseball together, so yeah.
0: Awesome. And tell us what you do now.
1: Um, Now I am a a CrossFit coach at CrossFit Westwood, and um, I've been... Doing that for the past uh, five years, and I was a teacher in between that as well for about two years. Uh, so, me and you kind of have that connection yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now uh, full time coaching, do a little personal training on the side, but everything's through what's uh, Watson. Well,
0: I will tell you, you're very good at it. Thank you. Um, that's a non biased <laughs> opinion. David's like, you're just saying that. I'm like, no, I'm serious. He's very good at it. I, um,
1: I thought David would kind of filter into it as well but i mean he he works out with the functional fitness yeah training,
0: yeah. yeah he'll get there eventually it's just like I, so far with... but so i went um... i went
2: to a couple of like for everybody who's lis- like listening and just you know the whole crossfit thing like what do you feel is like the pull because I, I i experienced it i went to two classes and i was right. like this is crazy like it really it, 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 it is man like what's I was, the people... pull for you like what draws you to crossfit
1: It was, for me, it was kind of going back to my childhood. Like, I grew up playing sports very competitive, and it was the challenge of, like, um, and we can kind of dive into this later on, but um, I really relied on, like, my just kind of, like, God-given ability, my talent, whatever you want to call it, and I relied on that a whole bunch, like, throughout my childhood, kind of throughout high school a lot, too, and I didn't really ever... Like have to like work very hard to be better mm-hmm. than other people, right. um, athletically, and then once I got introduced to CrossFit, it was like this one thing, and I was like, I kind—I remember my first class, and it was like, yeah, like I was a college athlete, like I can do this, and
0: sounds I sounds like David,
1: yeah, I, and then I got demol- like I was out on the floor, couldn't finish the workout, like almost threw up, and I was like, whoa, like what was this? And it really made me like see the the skill side of it on top of. Being an athlete and just kind of having God given ability, but like you Humble really got to yeah, yeah, yeah. It really like slapping in the face it was like you really humbled me to like no nah, man, you you have to like work very very hard at this to be good at it, and it just kind of gave me a newfound
0: challenge. And, yeah, I, I, says, that's my pull. Yeah. Adonis doesn't remember this, but <laughs> I started oh, CrossFit no. before Adonis, and. Yeah. He started it and then he stopped and then I yeah. saw him out and I was like, oh, are you still doing CrossFit or whatever? And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I started losing too much weight and like this, this and that. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I remember telling David like, as long as cr- CrossFit. And then like he went hard into it, but now yeah. I know why. Because yeah. It was kind of like a self-check of like, ah, like I'm but, not good at this. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah, that was that's interesting. And the other thing I would say is like, what would you tell someone? Because like for me, like I, I like my toe in the water and I was like oh man I don't know and not only that it is I'm not gonna lie it's kind of expensive like it is to to go there it is but then I'm like it's worth it to show up because I had this conversation with a co-worker of mine and I was like I feel like if you could tailor if you use this idea you just have to cut me in like 25% but like if you tailor this to just like bigger people like who are trying to lose weight but have never because like walking around the gym can be like going into that place can be intimidating 100% um, and it was for I
1: mean I'm not even gonna lie like it was for me even being an athlete I knew I was good at like sport like court sports and field yeah. sports but at the same time like I knew I was getting into something that I've never done before right, right, and like seeing some people and I mean women and men that are you know got me by 20 years and i'm like yeah. wow y'all y'all are in much
2: better shape than i am And yeah I'm, you can see their shape yeah right right yeah <laughs> right right yeah. so i understand the yeah so it's intimidating and then also the other thing is like going to a gym is just it's difficult because like if you don't know how to work out you're going to go you're going to show up and it's either it's going to do one or two things it's going to be a waste of time mm-hmm. or you're going to work out so hard that you don't want to go back For like a week, you know, like if you just don't do anything, you're going to be so sore. You don't even care to go back and get, but like if you could tailor it towards people like in that field where you just have to show up, you don't have to think about it. We're going to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. And you just come in, you get your workout in, you can do that, you know, three days a week. Like if you're a larger person, it's not going to take much, you know what I mean? To start knocking some weight off. I feel like that because... Like I said, a lot of times you just don't know what to do at a gym. Like you just walk around for like 20 minutes and never do anything. And you're literally just walking around.
0: Well, and I think that's like CrossFit's purpose is like to be for the everyday person. But because it's so scalable, like you'd probably experience, like they were talking about scaling. And if you can't do this, you can do that. Modifications. But I think what happens is like also people like Adonis jump in or David and they're just like, what the fuck? Like I should be better at this thing. So then they soup everything up because they're competitive, and then you do have that disparity of like somebody really competitive at the gym, and then somebody who just like had a baby. So it's just like, but that's also kind of the beauty of it. Of like, every, when we're here, like we're all the same, and this is not a CrossFit podcast, which <laughs> yeah. probably ever. But right. like, I get what you're saying. But no, I yeah, think that's. But I, to be I'm the talking purpose. about like
2: the the mental block when people are trying to get into shape, and they like not. Um, we talked about it in the last podcast. Like someone, a special
0: class?
2: Yeah, but it's, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's yeah. not, I'm not beginner's saying class or a something. beginner's okay. class. And it's, it's all people who are like, so. who would describe to being out of shape or overweight, whatever, however you want to label it. But I'm saying because those people, I feel like they always get kind of outcasted to like these, like, oh, like Planet Fitness, that's for you because that's $10 a month and it's really not that big a commitment and, and nobody can judge you there, right? And I'm mm. like, Yeah, but then what do they do once they're there? What do you you expect them just to jump on a treadmill? And like, they're really not going to push themselves. Like us as people, we're never going to go and make ourselves uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. right? Like we're always going to do what we're most comfortable with. And that was the biggest thing, like going there. Like it even motivated me just to go to the regular gym because I was like, hold on. Like I made it through those two workouts and I realized that I had a lot more to give than what I was giving at the gym regularly. So it spurred me on a little bit. Like, financially right now, like, I'm getting ready to pay for tuition. So, like, right. the amount of money it costs to go over there, I'm like, yeah, maybe I don't need it. Maybe I need to get in sh- a little bit better shape first before making that type so, of commitment.
1: I'll say two things that we can get off the business.
2: <laughs> All right. Um, but I think a lot of it has yeah. to do with up here. Well, yeah. And I, that's what I, I'm talking about yeah. is having people feel accepted in even a place that as, it is as intimidating as a cross gym. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So... Two things it,
1: it's going to dive down to like the programming and the coaching itself and then so a lot of gyms they'll have like a beginner's class mm-hmm. i won't say a lot of gyms some gyms have a beginner's class or like a sessions one-on-one with the coach to kind of get you acclimated to what crossfit is um that would be something that i would say if you're looking um not you specifically but if, if you're just thinking about it look for a gym that has that and then on top of that try to look for the programming at the gyms so of the workouts that they're gonna have within workout cycles that they allow people that are beginners with a modification or scaling options every single time that there is a workout. And then the coaching aspect comes into do they have the the right coaches that are, you know, gonna be able to serve someone that is new to CrossFit right. and then also at the same time They can, you know, get the best out of the people that have been doing it for five, six years and want to be super competitive. So coaching, programming, and then just services at the gym that they provide. If you are thinking about it, if you are intimidated, make sure you're looking at those things going into that gym. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I get what you're saying, Sam, because actually, funny, I was just telling my parents this, like, so many clients that, like, I've seen or, like, you know I sometimes just have to literally be like go do it like go do the thing you know Mm -hmm. like the thing that you're like keep talking yourself out of like go fucking do it like go do it this weekend like go do it like please like and think about me when you go do it because Mm -hmm. like if my job is to like help you get better I'm not going to support you just staying in your comfort zone like you said like you know what I mean and I even like it's sometimes it's like light. you don't know y'all don't know how many people like just won't even do something like well I tell you this all this is but like by themselves and so like I'm just like go get coffee and sit somewhere by yourself like time it Time give yourself 30 minutes and then if you're just miserable, get out, you know, but like, <laughs> but it's the same thing with the gym too. Like, you know, um, with David's niece uh, and she listens, so telling her hi, but um, you know, when she started going to the gym recently, I told her like, and on days when she's like, I don't really want to go. Like, and I'm like, literally just tell yourself you're going to go and do a mile on the treadmill and then leave. I was like, and that's still something that's going to be better than like you sitting at home and ordering a pizza, right. you know, <sighs> if that's what your goal is. And it's just like, start small, like start small. Yeah. Having
1: the mindset of- Just being able to, I just got to make it to the destination. And then once you're there, then even if you don't stay for very long, you do something very minimal. It's like, well, I I did it. I still did the thing that I was trying to hype myself up for. And you've got to do it. And then if you do that enough times, you build a habit. And then you'll, you know, hopefully start setting goals for yourself. Like, okay, well, now I went to the gym. What can I add on to that this right. time since I've already done that for, you know, X amount of time.
0: And sometimes yeah. it's not the gym. I always tell people, like, maybe you like swimming. Like, maybe yeah, you whatever like yoga. Is, yeah. Maybe you like dancing in your room for an hour. I don't really care. But, like, it's all movement. It's all, like, healthy for you. And it'll all it is. do the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but to that be like, back to Sam, and I get where he's going with this. Like, sometimes, like, it's even for me, like, you've known me for so long. And, like, to look back on, like, who I was 10 years ago, like, in a gym is like just insane because I was not this person um, and getting me to go to a CrossFit or a gym period too was like a lot of effort and something that David had a hard time understanding but now with like our daughter we always talk about like his big thing is like if she doesn't see us doing it like she's never going to do it right yeah. so like me growing up with like two parents my dad does still go to the gym like pretty often uh, but my mom like I always remember my mom just trying to lose the 20 pounds she had just gained. So it would be like, let me cut carbs for whatever. Let me just only eat protein. Let me just see what this diet pill is about, you know? Right. And so, like, those were kind of the habits that I had taken on of, like, I remember one summer, like, literally working out twice a day every day just to see, like, how much weight I could lose in this mm-hmm. summer so I could, like, go back to school and it was going to be so great. And was be, like, <laughs> awesome. You know, It's like, so unhealthy, but, like, uh, it wasn't till like I found something that I like love to do that actually put me in the headspace to like be motivated enough to like do it and to be like confident in it like to do it you know and so like I'm sure for someone who like you you, you said God given talent which I appreciate in well I, I was just um, trying to be no I know yeah. but to feel that You're like. Right. Sam and I have never felt that about, like, well, I don't know about you, Sam, but. Yeah. I've <laughs> I Well, Sam played sports and I also did it. So, like, I've never felt that about anything in my physical ability ever. Wow. Um, like, never. So, even that is why I think I love CrossFit so much because this is the first time in my life that I'm like proud of myself when I do things in a physical sense. Um, but it took fucking forever to get here because fear was just like always in the way yeah
1: know? no i mean challenging yourself in any physical capacity is it's very very good for your health and just to see like how far can i push the limits how can how far can i push myself and you know what i can do is going to be different than what you can do but if you're making those small little milestones for yourself like that's a huge confidence boost yeah. and you know no you can almost feel like you're conquering the world, even you know, like. though Okay, like I walked a mile, but I mean, for some people, that's yeah. that's a huge milestone. Yeah, so yeah. you got
2: to be able to celebrate those wins when you can. So you, sure. so you said because of physical activity being so good for your health, have you ever struggled like with your mental health? Like, oh yeah,
1: yeah, And I'm glad you asked that, man. Um, so as a kid, man, like I I remember going to th- like my mom would like actually take me to therapists. I, I was oh, wow. yeah for. A while man. Um How old were you? I was uh preschool. I was oh, wow. I was like a little little shithead man. <laughs> like bad. Um, I got kicked out of four preschools. We don't
0: label children like that either. Yeah. <laughs> oh say sorry. that you had a lot of feelings that you didn't know what to do with. But that's right, him, okay. that's
1: him describing himself. <laughs> <laughs> <You> no <know laughs> <is> him <laughs> that That's right. Him describing yeah, that was that was me. Was I was just but so be bad, nice man. to little Adonis. That's yeah, part was, of the process. I was bad when I was little. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I remember going to like multiple therapists and um, and I was trying to think of this last time. I don't know the exact term and maybe y'all can correct me. But I, when I asked my mom probably about, I don't know, five or six years ago, I asked her, I was like, hey, when I was going to the, like, what did they say? Because I was like just very curious about it. And we can dive into like what happened a few years ago. Um, and they said that I had a very like self, like I had a very self-actualization or something like that. Like I saw my, like I knew who I was at a young, like a very young age. And so like what I did was like, I thought that that was just like the right thing to do like all the time. I don't know what.
0: I've never heard anyone describe a child like that. but, (laughs) But I literally could see that. It would probably, People now, that's probably very kind of whoever, whatever therapist you're going to describe it that way. I think kids like that now get labeled as like defiant or like things like that because I think that's pretty much the common thing with most kids is they like know what they like, they know what they don't like, they know like what they enjoy doing, Mm -hmm. and then someone's trying to tell them like no, you can't do that thing right now, or it's not time for that thing, and they get pissed. So like
2: my my thinking when you said that is I'm just like, um I don't know when you're you know, you said you're you were raised in a single parent household, so I don't know how long you were like how long were your parents ever together or uh no, I they were never together. Like as far as I mean like I always knew like from a young
1: age, like I knew who my dad was like, I'd us go visit him and never no together. yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as like my parents being married or living
2: in the same house that, that was You've never yeah, experienced yeah, that. Yeah. That's the way my, my son grew mm-hmm. up too. But the way I thought about it was like when you said self actualization Um, one of the the theories that they use is like, it's called like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. needs, And it it basically just says that that you you grow and like your goal in life is to become self-actualized, right? Like that's like at the peak of the pyramid. Mm, And that's basically just saying, so I think about like the job your mom must have done to make little Adonis feel yeah. so secure that <laughs> yeah. he's like, I who I was, Hey, right. yeah. I got, I got this shit locked down already yeah. at like preschool age and you are doing things the wrong way. Cause that's like the second, the one thing that came to my head. I'm like the job, your mom, like she must've just been on her peas and keeps all the time raising you for you to feel that way. My mom's a lawyer. oh okay she's very very type a
1: um so yeah yeah, i would probably say she she did a very good job yeah Yeah. but also
0: so part of it too um is a child has to be has to feel safe Mm -hmm. enough to be defiant and to like know someone's going to love them at the end of the day right so that's probably even why your mom took you to a therapist because she was just like I'm, I'm like I love him like I'm whatever and right. like he still isn't but and it's funny you say that so like my mom um I don't even know how you describe it but she's very into like spiritual stuff um and she is convinced that Nova is going to be this type of ch- like rainbow children of like where we it's do like paganism no, 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 no. It's like I don't know. It's like a whole thing.
2: You know but, what, pe- like you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like not necessarily witchcraft, but like oh. I've heard a lot of students describe it as like when I talk to students, you know, they're like trying to get trying to be spiritual, trying to be, you know, that's how oh, they describe no, it. Heard of that. No, okay. No, no.
0: no. Uh, I've, heard I've of never heard her know. say okay. that. I don't know much about it. So I don't really know. But okay. anyways, the point is that like when a child is so secure, they feel so safe. In my daughter's instance, she would say. I know my mom and dad are going to let me no matter what. So let me just test all these boundaries because I always have a safe place to come back to. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're using self-actualization, that's like the perfect way to describe it if you're describing a kid. is like you knew like, yeah, like I'm not worried about that stuff. Like I know I'm going to have food when I get home. I know that like my mom's going to be there and give me hugs. I know that she's going to read me a book before I go to sleep. So like let's just see what the world's like
1: basically. Yeah, I'm just out there having fun with no, like I, I want to say like I lived in a bubble and and I kind of did to an extent but um, there wasn't a lot of things that I had to, um, I guess, struggle with or, you know, have that like sense of like I have to survive. I can't, I, I can live or you, you can survive. And it's like when you're surviving, you're just like trying to think about your next meal and like nothing else yeah. matters other than right. that one thing. It's like, well, if I'm living, I have, you know, all these privileges to like think outside the box and like not have to just worry about surviving. I can live life.
0: And so, I mean, it's yeah. incredible that even with that best case scenario, that people still felt like something was wrong with you. Yeah. Because yeah. you were like too adventurous or bold or yeah. whatever so it's just like i, just I to mean say- i was
1: getting in trouble for things like i remember this like one girl said that she liked cats over dogs and i like threw sand at her or something. Like, <laughs> like like stupid things like that yeah. um my i was at a funeral of a relative like back um my, both my parents from michigan and i was at a funeral and uh, like a great aunt or something was like trying to like give me a kiss and I like like slapped her and like <laughs> like her down too close to me. Boundaries, I, yeah, man. I didn't yeah, because I didn't know who she was or it, just like things like that. And yeah. Yeah, was, which young,
0: like, yeah. oh, that would, it probably make David's a yeah. little more uh, traditional in that sense, but yeah. it would bring me joy for like a random person to try to kiss Nova and her be like, oh, what hey, are up. you doing? Yeah, yeah what yeah. are you? Who, yeah. who are you? Yeah, because it's true. <laughs> like, why would
2: you, like, yeah. Like, that's awesome. So then what, like, how did you, finish up your I guess your treatment with the therapist? Like whatever happened?
1: Um, so I guess I it stopped I I stopped going. My mom stopped taking me, um, you know, after preschool. And I guess once I got to elementary school, like I never went back. But uh, when I referred to like five, six years ago and I even asked her like what were those sessions about, um, this was you know, two thousand thirteen. Uh, so it was my what second my second year at Brookhaven college, uh, I was was playing college baseball and I had, um, yeah, I was kind of having some like suicidal thoughts, um, a lot of the time. And I ended up like talking to one of the school counselors at the time. And, um, I was going to therapy again for about six months. Um, and you know that I was put on medication for a little bit and, um, and, yeah, they basically said that I was diagnosed. You know, I kind of talked about this last
0: okay. last
1: episode. Um, I was diagnosed with, like, mild OCD through the um, therapist. And the, um, which one which one um, gives you the medicine? Psychi- psychiatrist yes. gives you the medicine. Yeah. And then yeah. um, the therapist is the one that kind of refers you to like the psychiatrist. Right. So, yeah, I was, um, I was on medication for a while. And. Um, things started feeling a little better and I stopped taking them and I haven't really had much issues since but I wanted to start getting back to the therapist just because I feel like it's a very healthy thing as we kind of talked about uh, physical health I feel like mental health is a big thing that people should have access to and be able to talk to somebody even if you know you feel like everything's right in your life I still feel like that's a very it's a necessity for you to kind of be well-rounded in your health.
0: Yeah, well and sometimes just small things just start adding up. And then before you mm-hmm. know it, this like small thing is this huge thing and then you're like, Why do I feel like shit all the time? Right. You yeah, know? And I think it's kind you know, of a curveball.
2: You just kinda of said it too, like be nice to little Adonis. Like I yeah. feel like even if everything might be going right in your life right now, like there's probably some stuff from your childhood that it just hasn't hit the right you know, the right trigger hasn't hasn't, you know, knocked at the door mm-hmm. to make you kind of, you know, go back down that path that you've you know if you've experienced in the past whether it's like you know childhood trauma or something like that yeah usually right. stuff like that comes up with people who feel like they've got everything going, going yeah. right.
0: well yeah. i'm curious so like obviously you don't have to tell us exactly what we just told you there but like oh, minor okay. ocd um is like usually like intrusive thoughts so it's it um, the like diagnosis of like suicidal thoughts intrusive thoughts you want the thoughts to go away right. um but overall underlining it's just like a lot of thoughts Right. So, like, over you get overwhelmed with like all the thoughts. So, like, looking back now, like, when you were in college, like, I mean, was it like, did you feel a lot of pressure? Like, was it? I did,
1: I did feel a lot of pressure. And there's, there's like two main instances where I can kind of relate to, to where like these things kind of started for me. Um, well, first of all, like, I don't know if you knew, I don't know if David ever told you or you knew this, but when kind of like growing up, as I said, like, I played literally every single sport growing up. Um, once I once I got to high school, my senior year, I had an offer to go play football at Louisville, and I turned it down. And then, I, um, like it's like Montana State offered me as well, turned that down. It was like the first time in my life that I like realized that I could be a like regular student, and I didn't have to play sports. Mm-hmm. I was completely burned out. Um, I separated my AC joint in um, my left shoulder. My senior year, um, I could have got surgery. Uh, to fix it and I decided I was like no nah, like because it's like if I can't play football then like I, I don't have to play football again mm-hmm. right and it was just kind of like this thing where my identity was this athlete and I didn't really have an opportunity to really I guess be a normal kid a normal student because that's like so much of my time was always about competition and sport and it just it kind of took a toll on me at a certain point, and so I didn't play any sport. Like once I graduated, I turned down those offers. I was just kind of going to school. I went to U of A for a semester, moved back home, was going to TCC during that time, um, and then it kind of hit me. I was like, okay, I start to mi- I miss baseball, so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll give this like another shot, um, and then, then that's when I started going to the junior college trials, and then took me to Brookhaven, and then me and David ended not playing that yeah. Board, so yeah.
0: yeah yeah so just like I mean yeah uh, losing identity and then refinding identity is a big <laughs> giant thing yeah in general
2: yeah I was gonna ask too it's like for everybody who you know may be listening to that story and like when you talk about dealing with pressure I mean because you see a lot of athletes nowadays talk about mental health you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying like other than the pressure, like what type of pressure are you talking about when you say pressure? Like if you could draw pressure for us, what does it look like in that time? Because
0: well, that's wow. the most therapist question. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. Wow, you're, good. you're killing I'm, it. Sam. No, <laughs> the only reason
2: I asked is because, you know, we saw Simone Biles, we saw the right. tennis player right. remove themselves from competition and said, I'm going to go focus on my mental health. Like what's going through there? Like at that level I mean that's a completely different level yeah I can't speak to that level (laughs) what I'm seeing is like what what pressure were you feeling in those moments so I can like I'm ready to get away from this
1: I can kind of relate to them but I mean for me um, it was really more about letting people down that like have seen you kind of grow up Um, the pressures of Try, like, performing well. People know that you're going to perform well. People are, like, asking you questions, you know, throughout the week or, like, they know you have a big game or tournament whatever it is. Like, hey, what are you going to do? What are you going right. to do? Are you going to do this? Oh, I heard so-and-so was talking trash from the school. And just, like, things like that. And, um, like, being, not being super confident. Like, you can, you've known what you've done in the past, right? Right. But sometimes, like, you kind of sometimes have doubt. Like, doubt creeps in. And that happen, happens I mean, a, a lot sometimes where it's like you're just not very sure about what you can do to perform on the field, on the court, whatever it is. And, um, yeah, it's that would be a big one as as far as like performance based, letting people down that you really care about that, you know, that want you to do very well. But and you're just like, I don't know if I I don't know if I have it this time. So, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm literally like I'm like I don't know what that's like. Like yeah. well and that's what's like funny too is like I don't have a competitive nature at all. Um and Like, it's like a running joke between me and my friends because all my friends are athletes. (laughs) Uh, And so, I guess I'm drawn to that type of personality. But, me myself, like, I'm just like, oh, it'll be okay. Like, oh, it's okay (laughs) if we're not good at this thing. Where, like, sometimes, like, I have friends who won't even participate in this thing because they're like, no, I'm not good at that. And it's just like, yeah, but it's just for fun. And, like, thinking of something for fun is just, like, mind blowing. Like, why would you do something if you're not going to win? You know? Yeah. And
1: I would even say, like, also, sometimes it becomes a job. For a lot of for a lot of athletes and like and I was kind of saying like I never made it to a professional athlete but when you're having sometimes being professional like kind of takes the fun out of the game right Mm -hmm. because I mean when we're talking about athletes like everything they're doing is just a game it's not it's not like I'm a like I'm writing laws or like I'm saving lives being a nurse or a doctor it's. I I entertain people for a living, and this kind of dives into the entertainment industry as well. Where they, a lot of people say that athletes and entertainers, singers, songwriters, whatever, they kind of they are the same mentally because it's what I do isn't really a job, but it's like I make people happy in Mm -hmm. whatever sense that it is, which is
0: a shit ton of pressure.
1: Exactly, (laughs) and it's like you have that pressure of like whether it's like. People cheering for you for your athletic crowds, or like you have a great singing voice, like you entertain people. And if you can't perform, you're letting so many people down in that way, and that can be a lot. Yeah. Um, and even it, even at a you know high school level, and when it's like your life has been that for so right. long, right, Yeah.
2: especially because like I think a lot of parents put a lot of pressure. Like, oh yeah, it almost like you get built into this, you know. The circus, because as kids, people will put that amount of pressure on small children. Like I can't tell you how many soccer games or basketball games I've gone to with my sons or my nieces, where I mean, parents are ready to go to blows with each other. Yeah, they're ready to fight the refs. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> these are like nobody's winning anything. There's no scouts out here. Like right. you guys are, we're like it's parents like either, fighting other parents in the yeah. stands. But like, like, this like, is like wreck or something. But like yeah. your kids gonna carry that on now, right? Mm-hmm. Like that 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 amount of like they know what that what what it comes with now. And they're like, I think that's where kids get to, where it's like, this is just becomes too much or they need that break from that sport because they've just, they've been just spurred on. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like not their, not
1: their entire anymore. life. Yeah, you have some, some kids. I mean, even you see it a lot more now um, and it wasn't so much when I was growing up, but the the social media aspect and like money aspect of sports right. now is like affecting a lot of athletes, even at a younger age now. Oh, it's like. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, I played travel ball growing up, but at the same time it's like now these kids are they're getting millions of views on like their what their social media pages right. because, and then they're getting recruited, like recruiting's insane. It's like there's a lot of other like types of pressure that these athletes are going through even now to where I mean, I didn't grow up like this, but I know for a lot of black kids growing up it's like if I don't make it like how's my family gonna eat? Right. right? And that's a big drive for a lot of athletes is i gotta do this for my family because i gotta i have to be the breadwinner
2: for my family
1: in some type of capacity
2: so yeah yeah and i think that's a problem like that's one of the things i always you know my son i i thought he was pretty good at basketball and then about his sophomore year you know covid happened we started to realize you know he didn't play his junior year he was Mm -hmm. at home and so i was just like we started just to talk about different things like basketball is not going to be your your out right, right. like right. what are you going to go to school for and then he decided he wanted to be an orthodontist and, and now that's what he's going to school for that's my instagram <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: <other> <laughs> <laughs> sorry i put that plug in there. yeah you <laughs> can plug that yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but yeah like that's that's the thing man and like i think talking to these kids and like saying like hey that's not all that you are that's right. not all that you can be and like, don't don't carry that because like, if something like in life, we're always gonna have to pivot. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's never gonna be the same, like from here until there. I even told my son now, like wow. we, we went to orientation uh, last week or two weeks ago. And I was like, hey, you know, at some point it may not be working out or mm-hmm. classes may get too rough. I was like, you know, changing or coming back home isn't a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, Want, want to hear pressure? Yeah. That Now that you
1: just said that. So, love you mom, love you dad. <laughs> So, I like, there was so much pressure put on me to be an athlete. My parents didn't, like, set me up with, like, a college fund because they thought I was going to get a scholarship. Oh, wow. Like, they were just like... When were you first made aware of that? uh, I was... I think I was 20 when they told me that. Okay. Yeah, like, that's that's, that's pressure. Yeah. And I I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but it was like they thought that I was going to be... A good enough athlete to where like school was going to be paid for. Was, like, was mom or
2: dad an athlete?
1: Uh, dad was. Mom. Well, oh, 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 okay. So my mom's comes from a family of five. Her, all of her brothers, which there's three of them, all played college football. Okay. Eastern yeah. Michigan, Western Michigan, and Central Michigan. There my dad played at Michigan State. He was a football player too. Uh, my mom, growing up, I used to hear that my mom was the best athlete out of her siblings but she just ended up not playing sports but decided that she wanted to do the law thing yeah um i have a cousin that ran college cross country um another cousin that played football at michigan state uh, i had a cousin that played college basketball um yeah, like sports. Yeah, I can see where they got the idea. Sports <laughs> is, like,
2: very, very, very big in my family. Yeah. Especially yeah. in Michigan. The state like Michigan, I mean, yeah. a lot, like, everybody talks about Texas and, and stuff like that about how proud they are of the, you know, the athletes that they put out. But, yeah, I mean, Big Ten and, and everybody, yeah, like, big, those are still big conferences that were from up, you know, yeah. the Midwest. They are, so, yeah. Like, people are proud of that stuff up there, too, man. So, it, it's – that is insane. <laughs> yeah, so, like, that's something, like, it – when like sport
1: like the sports has been everything in my life and it's been huge played a huge part
2: in my life i mean and it still is a big part of your life yeah coaching and stuff like that yeah it's just a different perspective now so that's pretty interesting i was going to ask do you feel like you have any symptoms of mental health now um and if you do like what are they um if you know of any um i mean not not really i i don't want
1: to you know, self diagnosed or anything like that. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, there are days, like, like days that I, you know, I don't feel great, or right. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me, or um, there are some times where, like, I have a lot on my plate, and I was like, man, I don't even know if I can get like all this done, or anticipating the future. And I feel like those are kind of everyday things yeah. that people kind of go through. So I, again, like, I don't want to say like I have some, something, no, yeah, or anything not. like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like there are there are like ebbs and flows in life, and you know, I I certainly go through them, and you know, I do worry about um, some of those things, and I do question them, like, oh, I wonder if like this is what like anxiety is, or I wonder if this is like oh, yeah. what mild depression is. Yeah. But um, I never want to um, until you know, like someone like says that I have it, and then like okay, cool. But outside of that,
0: well. Um, And I think that's like part of the highlight and like the reason we talk about all this stuff is because like feelings are so normal, right? Right. So like you said, you don't need like a diagnosis to like be having a hard day, but the goal is like what tools and like what things can you do to like help yourself get through that day and like take care of yourself, you know, it's all about taking care of yourself and your brain. Um, If you're doing that, you should be able to like ebb and flow, you know, unless you have like you said, a crazy, like not a crazy, a really definite diagnosis or something like you were born with or whatever it may be um but yeah the ebbs of flow of life that was going to be my
2: next question is just what do you do for your mental health when you're having those bad days so um
1: i mean obviously working out is like the big thing for me um but i try to meditate um i I do a lot of like like mobility stretching routines Mm. i got at the house um and so like i guess that's kind of like i put on music and like it's calming i try to like shut off the lights so it's like cool kind of dark but like like light a candle or something like that right i mean like i I mean like
0: you say it like that and that's what happens is like that's
2: why people don't want to do it yeah but, but
0: that's the point is like even too right when i'm like talking to a client and i'm like look what I'm about to say is going to sound really cliche, but like it's there because it like works. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, some, well, a therapist and to just prescribe to me one time, she was like, literally light a candle and watch it burn, set a timer for two minutes and just literally watch the candle burn. And like, that was the most like freeing thing like you can do. And I was just like, wow. Like, and you don't, know, you, it's, you get to see the like beauty of fire and like, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it really like brings you down and helps. You know? Yeah.
1: And, and, and even like, in the, in the black community i'm sure it might be the same in the latino community that going to the therapist like isn't yeah isn't like a thing and you know for us it's just like oh no bro like you you good like, yeah you, don't, you yeah. don't need that and and for us uh for like a, for our, the older demographic of the, like the black population man it's really more about like the modern medicine hasn't been very kind to black yes. people right, right so yes. there's a lot of there's a lot of older black people that are very, very scared to like go to a therapist because it's like, well, for all these years, like white people have just been, not all white people, just some white people have been like using us as guinea pigs yeah. for like certain oh, yeah. um, practices and routines. And so that there's, they think that that's still a, that's still going to happen to them. Practice. Yeah. It's a practice where it's like, to. you really don't care about us. You just want to gain information and use it against us and whatever way. Um, yeah. And so it wasn't for, I mean, for me, it, it took, it took me like when, when I was in college to like really, hey, like I can't be scared to do this. Like I gotta, you know, I gotta go talk to somebody. And that was kind of like my own personal, like awakening of, you know, finding ways to like cope with like mental right. stress and things of that nature and being, and like it being okay. Right. Um, and also just being, a, just being a man, like, you don't go to a therapist. Yeah, like, I'm I'm a man. I'm like I'm 40. Like I'm.
0: Yeah, and then I think that's <laughs> that's stupid
1: to to like as you said like not diving into your emotions and like everybody has emotions regardless yeah. of male or female. Like uh, you gotta tap into that.
0: Yeah, well, and the, you brought it up. So like, what is because we always obviously we started here because like our culture is so just like don't cry like oh, no. deal with it yourself Same. Same. like yeah if, cry. I, if you're crying go to the room because nobody wants to yeah. hear you yeah. like don't look for hugs
2: like whatever I <laughs> um, said it earlier like he was like I, I want to go talk to one not because I you know that I feel like there's anything you know dramatically going wrong but I just feel like it's a healthy thing to do right I've talked about it with my family and they're just like well what's wrong with you I'm like there's <laughs> nothing wrong like yeah. I, I feel fine but I just feel like there's some things that I need to talk about and I went to dinner last night for my niece's. Uh, my niece's birthday party and i'm sitting there with my mom we're talking about stuff with my younger brother and like talking to them i just realized like i'm not gonna get anything done here with y'all like no (laughs) even things that i want to tell y'all like i just can't because like y'all gonna keep talking over one another like it's completely unhealthy i can i realize and i'm like or you'll get like the part
1: where you'll say something like and you like wholeheartedly mean it, and you're trying to get your feelings out and then like it comes to like ass end of a joke yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah well shit now I don't feel like telling y'all nothing yeah. because now you're just making fun of me for actually trying to like communicate to you yeah. that like I'm having this yeah. like actual feeling and like I want it I want to validate it and people are just like ah like it's okay. a joke now yeah <laughs> oh, okay yeah. Well this was fun
0: yeah um, well I so we'll bring it back then to culture <laughs> okay. uh, so hard shift uh so during when was when was BLM 2020 well, 2020 it's
2: been going on well, much longer than that yeah. the media version yeah, yeah, of yeah, BLM yeah, yeah, yeah. was in I mean,
0: 2020 when I thought we were all in
2: quarantine the george floyd situation really brought it to the
1: it brought it to the attention but i mean you have all these other little fires and within our community i mean like i mean it goes back to like the watts riots and right. and los angeles in like the 19 19- 20s man like it it goes so much further back than that as far as as it relates to us and i'm sure there's things in the latino community as well but i mean yeah to that it's
0: well and i'd yeah. like to say that but like here's my theory and people are probably like wow so like my theory with like no like latino and like hispanic people don't do stuff like that because our thing is like let's just not get attention drawn to ourselves and let's just put stay put our head down, our our head down yeah. do what we're told yeah. show up to work feed our kids now, and mind our own now, business now christian i will
2: ask you this question and I, I know because me and you are both pretty much the same skin tone <laughs> but do you notice that like there are lighter latinos out there who ascribe to it <laughs> who ascribe to a different set of rules i guess than what People of darker skin tone Latino. Well, Well, yeah, I know, and you say
0: David, but I've told him that before. Like even like you know, and I we plan to have, (laughs) yeah, we plan to have him on. So I don't want to like go too far, but like I've told him, you know, like even him because of his light complexion, and my daughter too. She's going to be like.
1: She got the Beautiful.
0: Eyes. she's going to be what I always wanted to be, right? But anyways, and she will get treated differently. Right, like then right. like I got treated or the nicknames I got or like being, especially like being called an Oreo and all this oh, stuff we, because like, ooh, I don't talk it. Well, we could dive, like, in, we could dive into that too. All yeah, the like yeah, middle yeah. white things. Definitely but, the um, coconut thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, uh, but like, yeah. um, You made a post during that mm-hmm. whole thing mm-hmm. that honestly for me, like obviously, I know you're black, right. but that was one of the first times that I feel like I saw you. Is he? Because I don't see color. <laughs> no, I <laughs> hate that. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that much. Uh, We
1: don't see color. We don't yeah, see yeah. color. Like, no, no I obviously that. see that this like, like, no, bro, if you don't, a, like, if you, don't, if you I, okay, sorry, beeline on that part, <laughs> when people say that, it's like, but not like I, but we are different. Like, we, I, yes. I, I am obviously a different color than you, and. I just hate when people say that. Yeah. That's, that's um, so
0: no, but that was, like, the first time that I had seen you, like, I guess, speak so openly about, mm-hmm. like, your background and your mm-hmm. culture and things like that. So, like, what did that feel like and bring up for you?
1: I mean, it felt it felt good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it felt, it felt yeah. real good. Um, And I kind of got to not purposely, like, I've been wanting to say this to this person for, like, so long, but... There's just been things that have happened to me at a younger age that I kind of just like put to the side and I, I just didn't really like I knew it was wrong, but I was like, oh, it was just a joke or whatever like that. And then, you know, probably starting in like 2010, 2011, when social media was like on the rise and I started like seeing all these different instances of, you know, black and brown people just. Being, I don't want to say terrorized. I guess it is kind of is terrorism to an extent, um, but because of who they are, what they do, and it not falling in line with like what the majority of white society wants, right. then you know it's kind of been they've been labeled as bad. But it, I I felt really good saying those things, but also like being able to um, just. Share my story, even though I'm, you know, I'm still here. Uh, a lot of the black people were being murdered or being unjustly put in jail, whatever it is. And I've always been called the Oreo, right? And I could, I'm, I'm different than them, but I'm, I'm the same, you know. I, I might have, I was raised differently, um, but that's like that's no fault of my own. That's yeah, exactly. You know, it's kind of my parents, and yeah, it just felt good to like let people know that you know i can use my small little social media page and to like the a lot of the other people that i've met over my life that thought that i was different but like no i i side with these people i empathize with these people i am this. Yeah, P- I am these people
0: yeah it's like imposter syndrome like for yeah. your own like culture because I feel that with like my oh, culture yeah, all yeah, the time because yeah, like, like Sam and Erja, like, we don't speak Spanish um, and, <laughs> like, there's, I'm like, like a, the
2: only person in my household that can't speak Spanish yeah
0: and so like right. even that too trying to like identify with that and you're like well, no I'm yeah. really brown like people talk shit to me right. too you know like well, here's what's
2: funny though is like I, I had this conversation with uh, Gabby who's my girlfriend the other day and um I was telling her I was like you know she's like why are you and, and Jason so into this Bad Bunny thing right now and I'm just like I don't know it's like I don't really like any of the rap music that's been put yeah. out lately and yeah. I don't know what the hell he's saying but it sounds good <laughs> makes you feel good yeah. so I listen to it right
0: and it's awesome yeah. that white people love it too. Yeah. yeah right, <laughs> right,
1: right. and but, I mean I, even to that, like people, like white people, love rap music. But you know, sometimes when they'll like s- they'll say certain words or oh, yeah. they'll like talk about like certain interactions between a man and a female, and it, it just it it makes them feel uncomfortable because it's not what they're used to. And right. so, like I, I've been told many a times that, like even at the gym, um, that like, hey, your music is oh a, is a little is a little aggressive, and then you're just like, yeah, but this is like. This is who I am, this is my people, this is like my culture. This is right. what we do. I've been loving yeah. the names of your workouts. Funny, I, by like, the way. Oh. I, oh
0: I like come home and I saw like I love like I, I get I get it and I get what you're doing and I just love it and, like so much. Yeah. So he's been like theming his workouts to like black culture. Yeah. <laughs> and like, hey, you guys know what this is from? And, and everybody's the, like crickets and uh, what, what's, just what, what's like the last criss. one? So, the
1: last one was um, it was called Coming to America. Oh, I love so, it. Like, absolutely absolutely right. my favorite movie. <laughs> and But the workout included like rowing. Um, um, oh, and then <laughs> know, and then like uh, this, uh, with the was like so an great. American kettlebell swing, so it's just like coming to America, right? <laughs> <laughs> America, pretty good, Korea. yeah. And then I had another workout. It, like, was like, yeah. it, was all, it was like it was like all biking workout, so I called it Debo. Oh, okay, yeah, so I, I mean, like I've, I've put some things in there. Uh, but I think it's good.
0: important to, like, make people feel uncomfortable. Like, that's, like, my favorite so, thing
1: to do. So um, there was a guy, Jackie Jack, he, just, he was a member at Westwood, and he just moved to Florida. And I forgot his exact title, what he did, but he's, um, he's like, a social activist, a Latino guy, and he's a social active, activist for, like, the Latino community. Um, I think the, he's a college professor, and what he teaches is how, like, how the latino culture or how white culture like tries to push away other cultures from being the norm or like being accepted and anyways real cool dude um if he listens i'm sure he'll he'll love this podcast uh, so i'll probably send it to him but anyways he told me that there's i forgot the term but there's a term to where people that feel uncomfortable listening to certain music or movies or whatever it is and it's not their culture and they want to shut it out there's like a term that I mean, he was like, no, you can't let them do that to you. You have to always just because they're uncomfortable because it's not white culture. Like that doesn't mean that it's wrong. I forgot the term that he used. So but what's, like
2: what's crazy, man, is like you saying that that was kind of my, my, uh, my story that I was trying to tell you guys yeah. was that at home, I, I was saying, you know, my family fought so hard to get over here. Like, right. you know, generations ago, I'm like third or fourth generation, you know, uh, Mexican American. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, even us, like we knew that we had to suppress that to fit in because we need to leave that behind because this is where we've come from now. Right. <laughs> to where my girlfriend, first generation, my son, his mom is technically, I guess, first generation. I, I don't really know anymore, like, what how she would fall. But my son's very in love with, like, they're in Mexico right now. And so he loves it. He's fluent in Spanish. Girlfriend, like, they understand all of that. And I'm like, I felt like I got disconnected from that because mm-hmm. we were told you have to fit in over here. Like, you have to go in here and, and make yourself, you know, assimilate to the to the dominant right. culture, which right. is, I mean, in America, and especially in Texas, it's going to be white
1: culture. I mean, even growing up, I mean, I had a similar experience. And like I said, like, both of my parents have college degrees. Both, one of them has um, a, essentially a master's degree. But I was kind of told the same thing, like, hey, you can't, you can't, use a dialect, you can't use a certain dialect when you speak, you have to, you know, speak proper and things of that, like, not necessarily forgetting who you are, but like, you have to assimilate to the modern culture for you to be able to, to be the most successful that you right. can be. Yeah. And I, and as I've gotten older over since, you know, the early 2010s, i kind of shifted more towards, you know, no, I'm going to be who I want to be. And if that makes people uncomfortable, then that's their fault. Like, Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so um, interesting. Yeah. But I did want... Okay, so you Was there, like,
1: a specific question about the post you wanted to ask you? No, oh, I just... Okay.
0: Well, and you brought it up kind of, like, with the the word um, that I can't believe people still say if they're not black. Like, it literally blows my mind. Like, I'll be, like, at the store, and, like, people will be talking, and yeah. I'm just like, you can't say... It. Like, literally, you know, and I think, like, when you posted that post... Um, yeah like and you kind of talk about all these things like David and I even had a conversation about like you know cause typically like that's what he would call you too like y'all are best yeah, friends yeah, like blah blah yeah. blah and then like getting into like the depths of it to like why you know he was like alright like I get it you know and, like, seat, and he's made like a big pivot like he does so, not so it's like but,
1: between, how do you feel about so that? between like another black person it's like a, it's kind of like a turn in endearment a term of endearment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like if someone else called me that and I'm like, I didn't know you, like I'm gonna get pissed. Right. And like, I'm gonna like, call you out for that. Yeah. Um, I know it is a double standard, but the reason why we continue to do it is because for so long, like that word was like a negative word. And now over the years, like we've, we've flipped it to where it's just like, bro or dude or dog. Or, yeah whatever you want to call it, but it's like, we've taken it and turned it into something positive because what else can, like, what else can we do with it? We can't,
0: you know,
2: you can't give it power, right? One of the best ways I've ever heard it described, um, Bill Maher had said something, I think he actually said the word out loud, um, on his show and then got a lot of backlash from it. Um, you know, rightfully so. I... And then Ice I Cube I kind of like Bill Maher what, he, what, he was the one that did Religi- uh I don't I just know his Like the show he has on HBO Like real okay. time With Bill Maher Kind of Short yeah. White guy Yeah yeah. No, like I, know yeah. Yeah, I know who he is Yeah I know who he is But he um, He had Ice Cube on Like right after And Ice Cube told him He's like It's like a knife Right mm-hmm. He's like It could be a tool Or it could be a weapon He's like When you use it It's a weapon when Right When we use it It's a tool for us to connect yeah. it. Right And he's like that's the best way I can, he's like, you're not just going to go throw a knife out and say no one can use knives anymore because it has a dual purpose, are you? Right. And he's like, no, he's like, just like, because everybody will say, well, then if you guys, you know, if black community doesn't like that word so much, then why do y'all use it? Well, just because you can use a knife, yeah, people. just because yeah. <laughs> you can use a knife to stab somebody doesn't mean you're not going to go cut your meat with it right. later. Yeah. Right. right? So uh, to me, I thought it was like the perfect response to, and, and, I mean, you know, kudos to Mar because he just sat there and took it from Ice Cube, which was great. Right. But like, when you do something like that, and and again, he didn't use it maliciously or anything like that. I don't. I don't yeah. But like even, that. but just like, but just yeah. using it. Yeah. But you, but because, but here's the thing: it's like, and it's kind of funny because even like some
1: Latinos are like, I've even heard like eight like Asian people say, but they'll like, it's like conversation between like them two because of Black culture, because of hip hop. Oh yes. it's it's a, it it's a cool. Yeah thing to be a part of but at the same time it's like you want to be a part of the club but like did we let you in the club (laughs) so (laughs) i I, like it it, again yeah sometimes it bothers me depending on who says it when it's said uh but like i mean mean, yes i i am guilty like I'll, i'll say it between like my close black friends and um, sometimes, sometimes I will say in front of other white people just to make them like <laughs> super uncomfortable, yeah. um, just to kind of get a little laugh out of it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of situation by situation.
2: No. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've had it, you know, um, I know you in, in your post, you kind of said, you know, when I was younger, people would kind of, you know, throw these, <coughs> I guess, Excuse me. you know, hidden, you know, digs around like oh it yeah it's like oh someone called you drive by or something like that oh yeah yeah the post <laughs> and, um, that person still to, hasn't apologized so, <laughs> <in the way. laughs> yeah but we had guys in high school where i mean you know wet bag or spick was thrown around a lot and we're like and <coughs> our whole thing was just like oh it's not us like we're we've been here you know right. what i mean but like right. in in hindsight you look at you like no they were referring to all of us like that, and that's yeah. when it's a knife right yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, and that's what i'm saying like knife. even then like i don't I don't say those words regularly and, and like at all. I mean, like I don't even know the last time I said those words, but I remember in high school, man, it got thrown or they would have like this, you know, these conversations where dudes were like having these fake Mexican accents, you know, like mm-hmm. trying to sound really broken up English or whatever. Yeah. And you, you know, you just laugh at it or whatever. And you didn't think much of it, but it's like, they're doing that shit cause we're around. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like their way they're of trying like to subtly, get a lies out. Of yeah. You. Like subtly, yeah. subtly talking shit about us in front of our faces and we're not, we didn't do anything about it.
1: And I mean, anytime that that happens, right? Um, When someone uses a slur towards you and they're like, oh man, I'm just joking. Ah." It's like, it's not really a joke. You're kind of getting off by saying it's a joke to like protect yourself. So if something does go wrong, then you can just say like, oh no, I was kidding. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I really didn't mean that. You know, I, 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 there's been, there hasn't been, a situation to where something like that's happened and for
2: whatever reason that person has it convinced me that like it was just a joke. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Now do you yeah. feel like some of the like the transgenerational stuff you know I spoke about my family trying to suppress this you know who we were and, and right. we got really removed from it. I would say the only thing we didn't give up was like the food. <laughs> <Yeah>. We definitely <laughs> still cook a lot of uh, Mexican food. Right. But do you feel like any of this stuff has impacted you or your mental health now, like as an adult, as a grown man, who's starting to put all these pieces together? Yeah,
1: man. Um, I mean, yeah, going back to my, you know, younger years, I remember, you know, I've, I've, <laughs> I've dated uh, a few different, you know, white women throughout my life. Yeah. And, you know, I used to tell myself that I could do that because I wasn't. Like the stereotypical black guy, right? You now and there was a lot of times where, like I'm saying, like I tr- tried my best to be different and not be myself, right? Just to be able to fit in. Like, right. I mean, I was telling this story to somebody else at you know at the gym earlier this week, and I was on a, I was on a baseball trip um, going to Steamboat, Colorado, and I think I was in like eighth or ninth grade over the summer, and like on the trip, they played Blazing Saddles. I've never seen Blazing Saddles before. I don't know if you guys ever have. I've never but seen it. within, like, within the first, it's supposed to be a, it's a Hollywood satire movie. But within the first five minutes of the movie, they say the N word, like, and it's like old, it's like old Western movie. So there's like cowboy white guys saying it within like the first like five minutes. And I'm in this car like full of white people, and I'm the only black person there. And you know, at the time, that made me feel like very, very, very right. uncomfortable um and so like i i just you know i i internalized that but you know at the time like i it made me feel like really
2: really yeah yeah. So, yeah my yeah. my son yeah. had a situation like that where he was you know he went to McLean too mm-hmm. and he's with a family and a group of guys like all the guys went to spend the night at this guy's house and they're like asking asking Jay, like well where are you from and he's like mm-hmm. from here and they're just yeah. like no you know but like where, are you from? where where are you from and he's just like I'm from here, like, you know, and they're like, do you know Belgium. Spanish? And he's like, yeah, I, I know Spanish. And he's like, so where are you from? Like, and like, he said, he, they kept asking him and he was just like, I don't know what he meant by that. I was yeah. just like, don't worry about it. You know, like yeah. sixth or seventh grade, my, you know, my kid doesn't understand that that's what, you know, they're trying to be like, oh, what?" basically they're trying to ask him what part of Mexico are you from? And he's right. like, <clears throat> he doesn't know. You know what I mean? Sorry, I, I forgot the first qu- part of your question. About what? No, he just told me
0: a story. No, yeah, I was just
2: telling you a story about that, about like, you know, being in a, a situation oh, where mental, health. In, but yeah, like, mental health. health but like you how but how did that, impact that impact yeah, how
1: does that impact it? Yeah, yeah. so I, I was telling that story to get to a point and I completely forgot. Oh, no, no, it's no. Okay. <laughs> but um like it affected my it's affected my mental health because it's like I've tried to remove myself from when I was younger I tried to remove myself from my culture. And that was as I've gotten older, like it's definitely brought me back to it. Yeah. And definitely there was like not necessarily like identity crisis but there was like I knew what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be but because of like societal norms of like
2: who I should be like it kind of separated those two yeah man yeah. that's why it was that was my bad bunny point you know like yeah. I'm like Hey, I can listen to this, like, I know he's Puerto Rican, but still, you know, like, if we're just going to throw all of us into a into a bowl, like, all the Latinos, mm-hmm. like, uh, that's why I'm, I'm just, like, trying to find that connection, like, I need to learn Spanish. I, I, I feel like I do, because so many times throughout this year, working with students, you know, yeah. I've been hit with the parents who are like, oh, right. do you know Spanish? And I'm just like, no, and they're just like, oh, you know, like, I always get right, this, like, right, right, right. this really sad head tilt, Same. like, why not? Like, yeah, and I'm right. like, well, my it was literally beaten out of my grandparents. And then, right. you know, my mom and dad, they used to get, you know, slaps on the hand because it was disrespectful at school. So their Spanish was even, you know, really broken up or Tex-Mex if you want to call it that. And and, and again, like we just got further removed from it and it just pulled us away from who we, you know, who we probably should have been. Mm-hmm. And going right. back to, I don't you know, I'm sure we'll look it up and find that word that you were talking about, but you know, you, you could be listening to something like, in Spanish, and, and you're gonna turn it down whenever you get to the place where you're going, because you don't want people to see that that's what you're yeah, listening to. or yeah. Now I like I don't even care. Yeah. You know,
1: <laughs> like I'll I'll be like bumping the baby like down the street, and I like live in a predominantly white area, and then like I'll get looks. So even like like I said, playing music at the gym, like people get highly uncomfortable. Um, listening to I like got, aggressive rap music, and it's I feel like, like I want to go back to the gym now just to see. Yeah, this. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious, man. Like you'll you'll get like it. It really depends on like the class time, right. And Like the people that all are
0: different vibes. Yeah. So if sure. you like
1: five five six o'clock in the morning, like probably not gonna fly, and a lot of people are gonna be like feel highly uncomfortable. But in the evening, there's a lot younger demographic that comes okay. to the gym, and so it's like they're like yeah, we like listen to this too, even though like you didn't. I mean, I didn't even live the life as a black person, but still. Like I'm closer to it than they are, right. and but they grew up listening to it. But a lot of the older white generation didn't really grow up listening to hip hop and you know R and B, and you know it makes them feel uncomfortable because yeah. it's like this thing that they was like taboo you couldn't do, right. you couldn't. Well, like, and it was be associated it because people were racist, and, yeah, drugs, and, drugs and, and crime and, and like all yeah, these bad
0: things. Yeah. Well, we can end on this because I wanted to kind of like bring my. Um, I don't know I like to get controversial that's my thing Uh, so like I (laughs) had thought about this a lot Um, and I've talked to like friends I don't want to name drop friends a lot about this too of like in at least for my personal experience with like Hispanic culture that Mexican whatever Latin all of them Mm -hmm. um, there's also like a divide between like our culture and black culture and like I've always felt like to be trained to also be pitted against black people really yeah okay. like and i don't know if that's your experience no it's yeah like literally like my
2: gr- my grandparents um i love him to death but it was so funny though because like it, he, his best friend like whenever I, I can remember we he would come over to our house we'd go my brother and them, we all went on vacation to louisiana to go visit him like so weird my grandpa like he still was just like uh, you know, watch out, watch, you know, like, yeah, it's it yeah. just how they grew up. And so yeah, it's
0: like a theme, though. Well, and I wanted to say, like, it's like it's been a theme. So, like, honestly, like when I look back and I think about like, I don't know what this is, gonna be emotional, but like when I look back and I think about like, like, I never had black friends, right? like ever. And it was oh. like, I think it was like a subconscious thing of things I heard, like people around me saying, whether it was. A grandpa yeah. or like something like that where it's just like we'll just just let's just divert this way like you know yeah. what i mean like they're not like us but like in reality like we're more alike than anybody else of like this you know the same um sufferings and racism yeah. and all this stuff and it's just so crazy uh to like think about i've even had a conversation you brought up dating of like I never even was, like, attracted to, like, a black person yeah. because it was, like, that would be a lot of work when it came to, like, my family or my culture or right, whatever, right, you know? Right. And I had a really frank conversation with a good friend about it. I was just like, dang, we just missed out. Like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> whatever. And it's like, but it's serious because it's just like, that sucks. You know, that that was right. the, like, common theme and, like, what it was for at least my personal experience in my culture.
1: So I – what I kind of cracked that up to is – like throughout like history, we've always, black people have always been like the lowest on the totem pole. And, you know, I mean, we, we can dive into, this isn't a history lesson, but most Latino community, you guys were already here, right? Um, when the, the Europeans came over, you guys are already here. We got brought here with them, obviously, they called us lazy, but we did all the work for them. Right. So who's yeah. actually really lazy? That's another conversation <laughs> for another time. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, but it was just like we've always been at the bottom. So I think because, you know, we were actually enslaved people and you guys are already here and it was more of you were the indigenous people, but you were never, I'm not saying you weren't enslaved, so I'm sure there were instances where there were Latinos. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, you go back to the Aztecs,
2: like, they enslaved each other, you know? Right, right, right. But
1: I I think it's just because of, like, American society, like, we've always been at the bottom. So everybody has tried to make themselves better than us. And and there's a a documentary that I've watched, I think, about the internment camps in, um, in California, when World War II was going on, oh, the Japanese Japanese, and, and a lot of the mm-hmm. Japanese were being put into these internment camps. Is basically the same thing that we doing that they were doing the Holocaust. In the yeah. Holocaust, but they and there's there's a there's a quote from I think he was like the first Asian American senator or something like that. But he has a speech where he was saying that the reason why black people can't are always going to be at the bottom because we are the most reluctant to assimilate as you were talking about before, like as your cultures have always like kind of turned to the other side or like turned the other way and be like, okay, we're just going to do the right thing. We're just going to like put our head down and actually like do what we need to do. Like for the most part, like black people have always been like, oh, fuck that. Like we're we're still going to be who we are and we're still going to be resilient. And we're still going to try to, you know, be who we are but at the same time be extremely successful right. in doing that as well. And I think that's why is because we, as a whole, haven't assimil- assimilated to the white standard of society.
0: Yeah, so. no. And I'm definitely more not fuck that person now, so i like, <laughs> yeah. really just like, yeah. Like, it
2: takes a lot of growth, yeah. It does, yeah. It does yes, take a lot of growth. It does. Because I would say like, I think, what really so? Oh, sorry. And I was gonna say, like, the reason, like, because we haven't assimilated,
1: and like, this word is kind of spread out. Like, kind of what you know, shit runs downhill. A lot of you know what white culture thinks, and if you assimilate the white culture, then obviously you're going to think about, you're going to have the same views as them to an extent, because it's like, well, I want to be like them because it's right. gonna make my life a lot easier. So I gotta have these
2: same thoughts and ideas. Right. That kind of gets filtered, filtered down. down. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes um, other. I was gonna say still I, not okay,
2: but yeah, no. Charlemagne flo- floated this idea, um, I don't know if it, it was his own idea, he got it from somewhere else. And I like Charlemagne, I think he's brilliant. I don't think he hits on everything, but on this one I really got to thinking. I was like, like Why do they care so much about abortion? Like we talked about abortion and one of the yeah. things and they were like and Charlemagne was like they really thirty percent of all the abortions that happen are from white people. And he's like, Latinos and, and African Americans, they're like in the teens somewhere, like fifteen to like 19% for each demographic, and they well, like- I, Well, I was gonna say for two reasons. The majority of Latinos are
1: Catholic, so y'all, they don't believe in contraception, and then for black people, it's like, we
2: don't have the money yeah. right, to do it, really, that's more the case, but anyways. Yeah. But his whole thing was the reason why, kind of like to your point, like you need to assimilate. They don't, like in 2045, the Latino population is supposed to take over as a majority population oh, in the yeah. country. And he, I don't know and why saying, I took so, French in high school. This, <laughs> this is why they they really want to slow that process down, so that way they don't lose votes going into these, you know, getting further into the future. Because if thirty percent of all abortions are white people, then that means there's white babies not making it basically to the polls uh, to keep the population that's going up. And no, so, like, no, that's so he's that's, saying that this is a
0: scary movie. No, no, that is
2: like a typical white. And, and he's like, so why do you think they care so much about immigration too? Slow down the flow of immigrants coming in through America. Yeah. If they come in and they have children right away, just like you said, we don't believe in contraception and we don't believe in abortion yeah. because we're Catholic, then there's that influx is going to probably get here faster. Maybe you're looking at 2040 by the time that the Latino population takes over. And people, they are Catholic and I would say most, most people are like, they're like Democrat or Republican-like, like most uh, Latino mm-hmm. people. They don't really ascribe to one side too hard. But I think what they're scared of is I think Trump awakened that to where now a lot of Latino people are starting to say, well, well, fuck that, because we're start starting to be a lot more of us, and we don't have to assimilate to y'all. So, right, we can blast the bad bunny running down the street, or right. you know, there's parades in the street about for Chinta's death and all this stuff. You know, yeah, I mean, like right. it's just stuff going on, and it's like I think they're starting to see that, and and that was Charlemagne Saying slow down this process to where you know, white community can still be the, the majority. Um, and, and I feel like we're attacking the white community, uh, we're, we're not. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> like, all. We're
0: not. I, I was going to say, like, we do. Like, I, I love white my best friends. Yeah. 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 Of but it's more so, like, we also have to be able to talk about this, too, like, as a culture. Because, again, like, you can't just be like, well, let's just not say this, because then, like, people might not want to listen to this. You know, that's the whole fucking point.
1: I, I, will, I will say this. If you are upset right now, you gotta do some self-reflection. Yeah. <laughs> and, because if you're mad about it, then that's probably saying a lot more about you than it is about us. And I
0: think that was the whole oh, thing of the BLM yeah. is like yeah. no one's trying to like like literally if we're you're just saying we're human and talking, like we need rights. rights.
1: Oh, yeah. Like yeah. that that is like it at the very basis. And I think there's I think his name is Jay Farrow. He has a stand up where he was just like I don't know the exact quote, but he's essentially saying that like BLM, even the LGBTQ community, is like all we're like fighting for is just like equal rights. Like we just want the same things as but,
0: you. I mean, we're
2: not more.
0: Yeah, we just want the, the same. same. And that and was like,
2: that was Chappelle's argument. Like, it's, yeah, when everybody was jumping on Chappelle's case about the transgender thing, he in, in one of his ep- in one of his episodes, he really talks about um, the baby and how the baby literally killed a guy outside of a Walmart. And right. he's like, it was another black guy. He goes, nothing happened to his career. Like he's totally fine. Yes, he questioned like the gay community right? and all of a sudden we're, we're ready to cancel him. He's like, you can kill a black guy, but don't make fun of, you know, gay people feelings or LGBT key feelings. Right. And I, I think what people really missed on that was that he's saying, why do we not care as much about the life that got lost as we do about the feelings that got hurt? And that to me was like the main argument of that standard right. that I think right. a lot of people really missed. Uh, they're just really attacking him on the way he went at some of the some of his other it's just
0: like emotional yeah. triggers and like for right. me like i always like to just bring up and that's what i try to do for kids like i try to get them the same rights that like their parents are asking for themselves like whether it's in an argument and a kid's arguing back like well are you yelling at them why would you not expect them to yell back at you like don't slap them? Did they slap you? Right, like right, so right. they deserve that equal amount of rights too and like literally I know it sounds crazy but this is literally how I feel. Like I feel like as strongly about that for kids as I well, do, you know, for like us. Like that, that we, goes, it's all the same.
2: Back to what we said about the sports issue. If you're out there trying to fight these other parents because your kids not they're not doing well or they're not winning, now he's going to internalize that pressure of, I have to perform all the time or my parents going to react really this fighting, way. Yeah, in the stands, right. Yeah. And and that's what it goes back to. And whether it's, it's like,
0: embarrassing or I turn into that, it's just all. I right have a, a friend who
2: owns a jujitsu studio, and he's like, anytime the parents are like yelling at the kids, he's like, come on. He's like, come out here. He's like, let's see how easy it is. Ooh, he goes, you can wow, wrestle. Oh, wow. He's like, yeah, you, can, like he goes, you can wrestle me or you can wrestle. Like um, They got uh, their other trainer. He's like a, a black belt, like legit, like, He's, he's thought about going pro in MMA and he's and they're just like, Yeah, go ahead, get out of here, we'll see how we'll see how easy. I rem- it is. I remember now that you bring that up, man, I remember a tournament that I had that like the
1: coach's son was like on the team and he like wasn't very good, but it was like a travel ball select team. So like I guess they just had a lot of money and like the son was on the team because the dad was coach. And like after a game, like the kid like pitched really bad. Um, and, like, the dad was, like, jacking him up, like, up the fence. Like, jack, grabbed him by his shirt and was, like, yelling at him after the game. And I, like, I had that burned in my head. And I was, yeah. like, what the hell is going Like, why is he so mad? I was, like, yeah, he threw a bad game, but, like, we got another game in, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Now, do like, you remember that? Imagine how that child feels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's yeah. the point that I was trying to get yeah. to. I was just, like, if I remember that, then, like, and I don't think he ever – like the next year that I was on the team, I don't think the kid played. I think he like he, he was like really good. He he cared about. He was like really musically talented. I think he was like good at guitar or something like bass guitar or something like that. But he took up music. Other like more than playing baseball, and well, I think I think I that hope was a good. John Mayer now. So. Yeah, I hope he is <laughs> John Mayer. I like John Mayer. Jack White, you
0: know. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm sure we could talk for hours. <laughs> well, I think but we could. That, that was guys, yeah, it was very, awesome. very We're so glad you came. Thank you. Um, listen to all the things. Subscribe, like, comment, all the stuff. Is there anything you do want to plug?
1: uh Join CrossFit Westwood.
0: <laughs> yeah. To Adonis' Cross- classes.
1: CrossFit's not that intimidating if you have the right coaching. Yeah, well, and not a
0: CrossFit uh <laughs> 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 But no, really. We Thank appreciate it a Thank lot. You Thank you, guys.
1: Thanks, man.